This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with TT. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. All right, let's go on to other matters now and uh, the issue of uh, the national health insurance. Uh, well, the, yesterday, the National Council of Province, uh, Provinces adopted the National Health Insurance Bill and uh, will now send it to the President, Cyril Ramaphosa, for consideration and to be signed into law. The bill was passed through the ANC's majority-led provinces following a week's delay after business groups applied to the House for further consultations. The DA-led Western Cape was the only province to oppose the bill. Let's speak to uh, the Chairman of Business South Africa, Martin Kingston, who joins us um, on the line now. Uh, Mr. Kingston, good morning to you and thank you so much uh, for your time. You were, uh, as I said uh, in the introduction, that amongst the groupings that had, uh, um, you know, appealed to uh, Parliament to hold off on this vote. Uh, I wonder to what extent you thought it will actually change the outcome, uh, you know, given that this is something that is, you know, a, a party line and that uh, once the decision has been taken by the majority party, that it was always likely to go this way. Well, good morning, TT, to you and your listeners. Uh, no, I have to say... Uh, that I'm uh, disappointed, but I'm not surprised for exactly the reasons uh, that you said. In fact, not a single input was taken into consideration either by the NCOP or prior to that by the National Assembly. And the problem that we have now is that we have a fundamentally uh, flawed piece of legislation, uh, despite the fact that we all actually, I think, uh, agree with the direction of travel and the need for universal health care as quickly as possible. Uh, and we've got legislation that, in our view, is unworkable, unimplementable, uh, unaffordable and unconstitutional. And in that uh, last respect, obviously, the president has to apply his mind before he signs the legislation mm. into law and will have no choice but to make uh, the same appeal to the president uh, in terms of uh, considering the constitutionality uh, of that process. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a huge waste of time and resource when actually we would rather ensure that we've got a piece of legislation uh, that works, mm. that is fit for purpose and can be implemented with the support and the involvement of all stakeholders, including the private sector. What do you believe is the fundamental, as businesses say, the fundamental failure of this uh, piece of legislation? Well, we think that there are a number, by the way. We think that the first uh, and not the most important point uh, is that it's uh, unaffordable uh, in other words, we don't have the financial wherewithal uh, in the country to implement in its current form. Uh, we think that uh, we need to create an institution uh, from scratch. Uh, we know the problems we've had with the likes of the UIF and the Road Accident Fund, so we need to take time and trouble as a country to design, capacitate, resource, and put in place appropriate governance structures. We don't think it takes into consideration the role that the private sector can play. And by the private sector, I don't just mean uh, Mm. medical schemes or private Mm. hospitals and clinics. I mean doctors and nurses and dentists who operate in the private sector. We have to crowd them in if we're going to make sure that we can uh, make available health care to the population at large. Uh, We think that uh, uh, we have to pay due regard to comments from all uh, constituencies, and we need to make sure... Uh, that we have clarity 
about the process we're going to go through from here. The NDOH itself has said as recently as yesterday, this is a 10 to 15 year journey to give people what they're effectively promising today. If that's indeed going to be the case, and we accept that, Mm. then let's rather spend more time today making sure that it's fit for purpose uh, than trying to implement flawed legislation, which is just going to end up in the courts for several years and is not going to take us forward as a country. What do you, I mean, obviously I'm asking you now to delve into the realms of uh, speculation, but why do you believe um, that, uh, you know, the, the, the... you know, the, um, the parties involved here in terms of parliament have taken this attitude, uh, as you say, that they didn't even consider any of the submissions that you have made. Uh, why do you think that there's a hard line being taken on on this matter? You know, that even though there seems to be a general agreement, and I gather that from your deliberations, there's a general agreement, and not, as you put it, in the line of travel, that everybody agrees that should be a universal access to to. To health. To healthcare. Yeah, to healthcare, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the key question, of course. I mean, we all accept uh, and acknowledge that uh, uh, NHI has been one of the foundation stones for the last 15 years of policy uh, for the ANC and NHI equivalents to universal healthcare. We all subscribe to and we think it needs to be put in place as quickly, mm. as responsibly and as comprehensively as possible. Uh, by the same token, we recognize that there's an election that is coming Uh, some six months away, and this is going to be a fundamental pillar uh, of one of the election promises. But delivering the legislation is very different to implementing NHI, Mm. and we're suggesting that actually it's a hollow promise unless we can actually follow through uh, with uh, uh, access to healthcare as quickly as possible, which is not going to be the case under the current scenario, even, by the way, uh, by the admission of the National Department of Health itself. Mm. As I said, you know, a 10 to 15 year uh, journey to get there. So uh, being able to say that NHI is now there as potential legislation is a far cry uh, from having uh, national health that mm. is universally accessible to all in the short indeed, or even to the medium term. That's what I think has resulted in what we've seen as being an accelerated process, as you referred to it, uh, through Parliament, uh, rubber stamping through the National Council of Provinces. It's not just that they didn't take our uh, comments and input into consideration, Mm. uh, TT. They didn't take anybody's uh, observations into input, including, by the way, the National Department of Health, which admits that there are changes that need to be made to the legislation. So I think that the only reason we can understand, and, uh, and, and uh, it's not a legitimate reason, uh, is to be able to claim success before the elections. Martin Kingston is the chairman of Business South Africa. Thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, we're staying with the subject and listening in on that conversation was the DA's leader in the National Council of Provinces, Kathy Labuskakni. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Ms. Labuskakni. And I mean, your party uh, or the DA in the form of the Western Province in the NCOP was the only province that opposed this piece of legislation. Do you echo, I mean, you you obviously would be in a better position to understand that it seems that this was all, as Martin Kingston says, uh, just alluded to, that this was rooted in politics, that uh, uh, ultimately this was always going to uh, to carry the day. Good morning. Yes, thank, uh, to the listeners. I, uh, I think Mr. Kingston summarized it very well. And I want to just say yesterday in the debate, the Minister of Health, put it very um, 
bluntly mm. to say that this was a a promise uh, when they f- fought um, the apartheid era, mm. universal health care, and they are delivering on their promise now. So, uh, as a politician, I couldn't see this uh, bulldozing through everything uh, and not listening to anybody else as a, a better sort of a political promise. Um, that is what it is. Because even if you read the minister's press statement after the vote went through, um, he spoke about um, that it, the, the challenges of finance. They have to first establish the, the fund, then they have to establish the board, and that will take around about a year, and then it will take anything between 10 and 15 years, as already been mentioned. Now, I want to refer back. Uh, I've listened in, um, in the start about the young people having a problem going to vote mm. and to say that nothing is going to change. Now, this is this kind of electioneering um, using a very, very important thing, universal health care, that we all say is important. And using that uh, to try to get votes and to go out there and say, now we have uh, mm. legislation that will force the Minister of, 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 of uh, um, mm. Health to put certain things in place and you have to toe the line and make promises to people because they don't understand. Not everyone that's going to vote uh, listen to us and read and understand that it's a phased-in process and will take many years. They expect fulfillment of that promise quickly, and they believe in that. Now, Mm. that is that kind of thing that makes that people don't trust the government and that people don't trust politicians. Mm. Uh, So this is is far-reaching, and I think it's unethical. Do you believe, uh, uh, as Martin Kingston uh, was suggesting there, that it's inevitable that this matter will uh, have will play out in court uh, one sooner or later? I believe definitely. So I also stated that in my speech yesterday. The DA, for for example, the Democratic Alliance, uh, we are going to write to the president and ask him to refer this bill. Uh, to the constitutional court or for constitutionality, and or if he's he, if he's going to refuse it, or he can just send it mm. back to Parliament and say it's it, it hasn't the mm. constitutional mastery. If he's not going, if he refuses to do so, or yeah, mm. then well, there is a section uh, we we going to, the National Assembly mm. will do a section eighty a motion, which in which uh, if they have one third of the National Assembly members passed by uh, uh, the majority or two thirds of the NA, uh, they can take this bill to the constitutional directly and I think where where, where do you think it fails constitutional must as you put it there are various um, uh, sections in the bill Uh, the the one is uh, that uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, sort of um, packing away uh, private health care and the other one that we are very worried about is the whole thing about the capacity uh, of uh, health care professionals. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Also, you know, the the Office of the Health Standard Compliance uh, 
wij have to inspect an, um, a credit health, facility, okay. health care facility. And in this bill, um, they talk about the ideal clinic um, uh, compliance. Uh, right. If you do that, if you, if you okay. go around the country, very few of the hospitals and clinics are complying to this uh, requirement. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's a few things. Yeah, I said, okay. No, 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 I get you there. Sorry. Uh, thank you. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's the DA's leader in the National Council of Provinces. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.